Father, I thank you today for what you're giving us, Father. We just ask you, Holy Spirit, to take over. Spirit of wisdom, truth. Holy Spirit, rivers of living water. Oracles of God. Truth from on high. Father, we just ask you to come. Give us insight. Give us eyes to see. Open our ears. Give us faith to endure. And increase our faith to stand. In these evil days, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Today's message is called, and I actually got it last night, like just a couple little things and I started to get, and that's why it's not been marinating on it all week or anything. It just just came, just came in, just came in, um, airmailed from heaven last night about 4.30, and then as I was getting ready to go out, or maybe that's funny why I was a few minutes late, but I texted on it. All right. Without reservations, when you know what God wants and has called you to, that settles it. And, and this is probably almost like this. Like nowadays in the world, people get married, but they already, divorce is such a, a high thing, expectation, and or people don't trust the person they're marrying. They, they, or they have, you know, they have their old life, or they have a lot of money, or they have things, and what they end up doing is they, they get a prenuptial agreement type of thing, and basically that's a piece of paper or a form that says, you know what, if this, things don't work out, whatever I came into this marriage with, I leave with what I had and you leave with yours and I guess whatever we obtain together, we can split it and basically, but that's like a reservation for failure, right? First of all, if you don't trust a person like that, you're already, you know, give and take, there's a lot of people that are out there scamming people, deceiving people and but in the kingdom of God, we need to trust God. And He's not deceiving us. And He won't deceive us. But we come into to these agreements sometime with God with these same kind of things. And I'm going to get a little deeper into the whole thing. So where does our joy come from? It comes from the Lord. So... Our joy comes from the Lord. We, gotta, we need to seek the Lord for our joy, not people, places, or things. It's very simple. So the devil comes out and all around us all the time and tries to make us say that our happiness is here, or our happiness is there, or our happiness is over there, or our happiness is this and happiness is that, and, but we're never happy. But then we start to believe Him and we stop believing the Word of God. And then, we start looking for places, and in places that we're not. It's like, well, it's over there. And then we get over there, we're not happy. Because once we get there, we realize that happiness and joy come from inside of us. It's not something we can get from the earth, or from people, or even from places. It comes from eternal, it's an eternal it's an eternal gift. It's eternal salvation. It's eternal knowing. It's, it's eternal righteousness with God. Joy, peace, and righteousness. Well, you, it actually should be turned around. 
It should be righteousness brings joy and peace. Because when Paul said that in the kingdom of God is, or Jesus, or, or, it says joy, peace, and righteousness, basically the righteousness gives us the joy and peace. And righteousness, if you break it down in kingdom standards, it's right standing with God. And if we know that we're standing right with God, then we obtain everything that He has for us, and in that is our eternal life and our security. And then Satan wants to get us to, that's what he does, that's how he deceives the world. Running after these, these carrots. Somebody say I posted that thing about, um, um, it was like a money bag, right? And then this, it was like a money bag. And the person had this money bag like it was over them, strapped on them, there was a stick. And it was on them, but it was a stick and there was a big bag of money. And the guy was running and running forever and he's like trying to get the bag of money. You guys saw that? Remember that? Yes. Right? That's basically how we run after things. And actually all the things we have are inside of us. And we're running and running and that's, that's like the rat race of the world. If I can get more money, more money, more money, or more, more, you know, more of this, more of that. And that's how the devil deceives us. And in the kingdom he does the same thing. And then God spoke this to me. He says, just the grass is greener. If the grass is not greener where you're, where you're not at, so it's always where you're, it says, oh, the grass is greener. So if we move to where the grass looks like the grass is greener, and then he later says, says it, I have news for you. It'll it, for you get it'll get just as ugly as your grass, because it's not the grass; it's the gardener. Fertilize, manicure, take care of your grass, pull the weeds, mow it. So if you go and the next city over, there's a beautiful house with beautiful green grass. It's not the grass that grows itself; it's the it's the person that takes care of the grass. So the grass is greener. Over there, it looks like it until we get there. But if we don't take care of our grass, it's going to look just as ugly as the grass we have right now. Why? Because we're not taking care of the grass that we have. Fertilize it, water it. Just like our heart, just like everything. We need to be the ones. And we want to blame people, places, and things. But in the kingdom of God, that's not what it is. That's a lie. Because if anybody... Has an evil heart against anybody, or anybody wants to take anybody, or anybody has anything, God will expose it and God will deal with it. And God will, God has killed people and, and taken them and turned them over to the devil. So we have to understand that God is all powerful and He knows every situation in life. And if we are seeking righteousness, joy, and peace, and He's not going to let us have anything else. Fertilize it, manicure it, take care of the grass, pull the weeds, everything. It's, talk, it's about us taking care of God. God says that's about our heart. And He talks about things that can spring up in our heart if we don't take care of them. And then we hear this thing about, you know, well, plan B, plan C. There's no other plan in the kingdom of God. It's God's plan or no plan. And for some reason, we think we can 
basically think that we can have a plan B. See, it's just like having reservations and getting into marriage. If there's a plan B, if there's a if if the divorce is already on your heart, if you're just test driving the car and you know finally you know eventually there's always going to be another better car that comes by or something smells newer, fresher, nicer. You think, but when you own it and you drive it for a while, it's going to get just as bad as your car if you don't take care of it. Jesus never had a plan B. It was the cross, and if he didn't get to the cross, he knew he was a failure. That was God's will. He knew the will of, 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 it, of his life. And if he didn't complete it, he knew that was the... So he wouldn't let anybody get in the way of his destiny, of his design, of his purpose on the earth. And when people try to get emotional around Jesus when he tried to tell him what he had to do or try to talk him out of it or try to say, oh no, that's not good or that's not the way. Jesus had a, a really serious, uh, serious, very serious um, about it because he didn't want, he didn't want to start thinking about the easy way, the what way, the way he wanted to. He didn't want to do what God wanted him to do, but if he didn't, but he knew if he did what God wanted him to do, there was eternal life. There was, there, there was joy unceasing. There was everything that was promised. So this, let's see what happened here in Matthew 16, 20-28. Then charged his disciples to tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. And from that time, he forth Jesus to show unto his disciples, how, his disciples how he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. So all the religious people, the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed and be raised on the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto you. No, he said, Be it unto you, this shall not be unto you. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense to me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, and does not deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me, for whosoever, it sh whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. He's saying, and everyone else is going to have to come down with the same decisions in their life. If you want to follow me, for whom, if a man profit and gain the whole world and lose his own soul, what, profit, what, what shall that man give in exchange for his soul? For if the Son of Man shall come in his glory and the Father and the angels shall be his reward every man according to his works. Verily I say unto you, there will be some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And going back to he turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are an offense to me, for you savor not the things of God, nor, but the things that are men. And we have reservations, and we start meditating on things. Jesus focused on the cross his whole life. Even when he was a child, he knew his destiny was. He, the more he got familiar with it, and the closer he got to it, to that time, of course, even up to the last minute when he was sweating and praying before he was going to turn himself into the authorities, 
I say turn himself in because he says that you don't take me, I give myself to you and the Father gives me. So we give ourselves to, Jesus, to what he wants in our life as well. And then in Mark, it, he gets a, a little bit, opens it up a little bit more and he spoke to them saying openly and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. No, Lord, you don't have to die for us. No, Lord, this is not. No, you're my best friend. No, who am I going to hang out with now? Who am I going to, you know, who am I going to, you know, we need you. We want you. We have to. It's not, you know. And he's like, Peter's will was getting very powerful right there, and it wasn't the will of God. So whoever comes and tries to tell us to get us out of the will of God, that's not God. That's the devil. And whoever comes, and when we begin to talk ourselves to do what we want to do, or what, that's the devil putting that in our hand, and that we, we, we better say, get behind me, Satan, to ourself, because you are an offense to me. Because Jesus knew, if he started meditating and doing that, it would have going to be harder for him to be able to do what, Jesus had no reservations. He knew what he had to do, and he said, this, our, your, my disciples need to be the same same way. And he said, and he turned and he looked about on his disciples. This is in Mark now. And he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me. He didn't say even Peter. He said Satan. Why? Because he knew where all that came from. It wasn't from Peter. Because if Peter was in tune with, with the Holy Spirit in heaven, he wouldn't be saying that type of stuff. See, that's why we want to go around other people say they, they want a prophecy and hear all these things. They want to find somebody that's going to tell them what they want to hear. That's why when the Bible says that we're going to have, they're going to heap in the last days teachers, that, to heap to themselves teachers because of their itching ears. That all they tell them is about how rich you're going to be, how prosperous, you, prosperous you're going to be, how great everything is. But you know what? The joy is inside of us. The peace is inside of us. We can have no money and have joy and peace and everything. We can have no friends and have peace and everything. The, the, the kingdom of God is not by observation. It's within us. And we keep trying to seek the kingdom outside of the will of God. We keep trying to seek the kingdom outside of Him. And you're not going to have anything. And especially if you're a son and a daughter of God, you're going to be miserable. And, and, and we keep running after things like that, that guy in that cartoon with that bag of money and just forever and forever, forever chasing something, then all of a sudden he drops dead. He never gets what he thinks he's going to have. That's what they say. Billionaires want to be zillionaires. And millionaires want to be billionaires. They're like, you look on, on, like that show on TV, Shark Tank, it's like they can all retire and just enjoy their life, but they have this obsession for more. This obsession, it's, it, it's, it's a form of God, it, it, it's idolatry and a covetousness. It's, it's, it's what the Satan puts in us. And how little or big he puts in us is going to destroy us because we're not going to have peace. God, Jesus died on the cross for us to have peace, joy, and righteousness. Paul, being persecuted, being put in jail, have peace and righteousness. My God, if, if we get put in jail... We'll freak out. Well, some of us might even turn to say, you know, I'm going to have to live the rest of my life in prison. We'll say, you know what? And they say, or, or turn your life over uh, to, to, to or become um, our religion, whatever false religion that is. Some of us might do that because we think 
The kingdom of God is something else. We've got to be careful. Satan is the... The Bible says that if God doesn't shorten the time in the last days, that the elect could be deceived, that Satan is so deceiving. People are getting up, singing songs about Jesus, saying things, and, 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 and pretending to be all about Jesus. But if, if you don't see no power, no anointing, if you don't see the fruits, if there's not persecution for that person, and even the world is chanting their name, there's a problem there. Because Jesus said they did that to the false prophets. Jesus said if they want to speak your name in great swelling words of vanity, if they love to see you, if they start worshiping you, my God, there was a person that ended up in a big mega church and started singing and people started worshiping him like it was a concert. That's not, God's, nobody will steal the glory from God. And if you have God's name upon what you're doing, you better have the fear of the Lord with it. But that's the deception in the last days. It's a false Christ. God's not going to send us to hell because, you know, hell's for just people that murder or, or false religions. God's not going to send this person to hell because he, he, he's singing songs about Jesus. I, I got news for you. The, the more you. That's why people don't want to, Satan don't want you to read the Bible. He doesn't care if you go to church and he'll still send you to churches that are reading half, half letter because he don't want you to know what the word really says. Why? Because it'll scare the hell out of you. That's what the fear of the Lord is there to do. To get us not to live for ourselves anymore. To get us to recognize the only joy and peace is following Him and obeying Him. And if we try to do it any other way, we're going to be miserable. Now it's one thing if we don't know Jesus and we're deceived and then all of a sudden our convictions come. But once we're following Him, there's no other way but His way. There's no other way. Just like I said, you know, we go, we want church like Burger King. You go to the drive-in, yep, I want a short sermon. Here's my three favorite songs. And, and we, you know, we put the menu in there and we find the things just like we want and we go up to the window and we get it and we pull off and we want church to be like Burger King. But it can't be like Burger King. He is the king and it's not have it our way, it's his way. There's no other way than the cross. So there's a joy in all that though. There's a prosperity in all that. There's a blessing in all that. See, and if we didn't realize that, the thing is, when we know the more that we know of the Word and we fight the Word, we cannot be joyful and happy. That's the problem, though. The more of the truth we know... See, the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. And we always just think, oh, it's Him, you know, it's the flesh, He died on the cross. But, and He says, goes on and says, and the truth sets you free. But it's like this, the truth sets you free. But it's... Not, it's, he, yes, He sets us free. He is the truth, and He's the one, and His blood sets us free. But w what He also was saying was, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The more of the Word of God and the truth we are, the more free we get. All the soul ties fall away, all the bondages, all the man-pleasing, all the things that get us to, um, you know, run and run after things that He's... He wants us to run after His things and run after Him without any reservations. And this message is called Without Reservations. It's like we get in a mar marriage with Jesus. There's no prenuptial agreement. If it doesn't work out, no, it's Him or nothing. It's, I marry Jesus, I'm going to be faithful, a faithful bride. Or, I marry Satan, 
and I go to hell. The kingdom of God is with Jesus in that. So, all of a sudden, he doesn't say it's just, just about a religion. Yes, God so loved the world that he sent his son, whoever shall believe in him shall not perish and have eternal life. But then he says all these other words. Because, why? Because if we don't do all the other stuff, Satan is that strong and devious that he will pull us out and away. So when God has commandments and things for us to do and stuff and tells us why we need one another and to watch each other's back and to pray for one another and community, it's all for a purpose of spiritual protection because the enemy comes as a roaring lion seeking to devour who he may at his will. So we got to say it won't be his will if we're in God's will. The only time Satan will get his will in your life is if you begin to live your will. Because that ends up being Satan's will. Because our flesh just, Satan is the God of flesh. So we begin to train ourselves to enjoy the things of the world, but not to, have, not to be rooted and grounded in, in the elements and the bondages of this world. And if you read the scriptures, it talks all about that. And we're not talking about the law. We're talking about relationship and holiness to be able to overcome the world when things get tough. So we're like in training now. Now it's easy. But why is it? It's even hard for some people though. Wait till it really gets tough to be a Christian. Some people have a hard time being a Christian now. And Jesus said, if you deny me, I will deny you in front of the Father. Many of us deny him by just being silent and not, not being able to, to confess him. Or Satan gets us so bound up that we're not able to confess him because we're living in condemnation. That is not what the Bible says. And then we begin to want to blame people, places, and things for what only we can do. It's us and God and the Holy Spirit. Everything else, nothing else can get us to a place if we do not allow our heart and minds to be messed with. Because we're only accountable. When I die on this earth and stand in front of God, none of you are going to be there with me. My old teachers are not going to be with me. My parents are not going to be with me. It's going to be me and God. And He's going to say, why were you offended at this person? Why did you not obey me here? Or why did you not, to some people it'll be, why did you not receive, receive my love and my, my salvation that I died on the cross. Those are the questions. It's not going to be, well, you know, this person did that. And I says, you have, you have my word. You have my power. So it's very, 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 it, the devil is very, very, very deceiving. And we're like, because you don't see this big monster standing in front of you, if you could actually see in the invisible realm and you'd know when he, it was him, you'd never listen to it. But you see, he doesn't come like that. He comes even as an angel of light to you. He even comes as a best friend to you. He even comes... See, Peter was coming as a best friend to Jesus, but Jesus like, that ain't what my friend would say right now. My friend would back what God wants for my life. You want to go find... And that's why people go to places, they just get... They start to gossip. They find people, you know, that are, you know... Yeah, you know, oh, it's a beautiful picture. Oh, I love what you do. Everything, just agreement. That's easy. But when, you, when, when you're in disagreement with, with, with the Word of God and you get people that start to agree with your disagreement with the Word of God, they're not your friends. They're the devil in disguise. Because Peter right then was the devil in disguise. And Jesus didn't say, Peter, you're not talking from heaven but from hell. Or he didn't say, Peter, you know, you, um, you don't understand. He was serious. He said, get behind me, Satan. Wow, it's like to 
to one of his disciples, we got to be careful how we counsel. We got to be careful how we tell people. So many people want to tell people just because they want to make them feel good. You can't. There's a time for that, but that's not what Jesus needed right then. He needed them to say, you can do this, Jesus. Jesus, the whole world's in your hands right now. Go to the cross for us. No, Peter was being selfish. No, I want you and me, Jesus. All me. You see it? He wasn't thinking like God was thinking. He was thinking like he was thinking. We got to stop thinking like we think. See, that's why to be carnally minded is to be at enemy, be separated from God. And then he says, we have the mind of Christ. So he says that. And he finishes it. This is the one in Mark 8.33. He says, and he, he rebuked Peter saying, get behind me, Satan, for thou savorest and here it is, because he didn't say that in, 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 in Matthew. You savorest the things that thou Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. What is it? The things that be of the flesh. Men, he's representing the flesh. And he said, who was behind that? Satan was behind you thinking that. So has anybody ever played poker before? Yeah. Okay. I mean, everybody wasn't saved all that. I mean, you can play for fun without gambling. So it's not... Anyway, all right, so this, God showed me this. What do we do? Most of the time when we have hardly any money left, we're like, I'm just all in because I'm tired of playing. Or I'm all in because, you know, there's not enough and you'll be like all in. And so we have to live every day like that. Like, in the kingdom of God, we're all in every day. It's like, there's no, like, I'm going to give 10 cents and I don't have a good hand. Because what? We have the Bible. We have the promise. We have the eternal life. And if we really believe, we have the winning hand every time. It's Jesus. It's the kingdom of God. We got to be all in. Why would you even, if you knew you had the winning hand, you'd be all in every time when he told you something to do. Unless you think... Someone else has a better plan. Someone else has better cards than you. The devil has a better plan. He's got, he's got uh, full, uh, what do you call it? Four aces. What is that? Four again. What's the highest thing there? Isn't it four aces, isn't it? Four flushes all hearts. King, queen, ace. Okay, and you would think the devil has the royal flush. But you got the royal flush every single time, but you don't go all in. That's how we live. With God and with the things of God. And that's where the devil has room to mess with us. If God told you to live with this person, do this, work at this place, you got to be all in. Because if you're not all in, there's something else that gets in in between it. And, that, and, 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 and that's reservations. You, know? you make a reservation at, at a restaurant because you want to make sure when you get there you got a seat. So you make a reservation in relationships and different things. It means... You're, you're, you're setting just in case I get there, you know, to the restaurant. There's not a seat. Now I got one because I don't want to wait. Well, reservations also is a lot of different uh, definitions of reservations. It means you're reserving something in case, you know, a backup plan. Plan B is what I was saying before. There's, Jesus didn't have a plan B. It was the cross. We don't have a plan B but His will. You've got to get it out of your mind. Because if you don't, you're going to drive yourself nuts.
And everybody around you will, 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 will be nuts because you're trying to get someone to agree with plan B when it's not God's plan. We can't do that. It's called witchcraft and divination. And I hope this helps us all because some of us, you know, we go to work, we hate our job, but God told us to work there. You better just like it. What is that going to help if you hate your job and you go there? Everyone else is going to know you hate the job, you, you, but you, there's no plan being, oh, well, i got to be here because God told me to be here at the job. And you're just like, and, and it's like, and people get around, it's like, you know, what's, what's the problem? You know, and you got to love, you know, you got to be all in. You got to begin to just say, you know what, God, I'm going to do everything as unto the Lord. There you go. Joy and peace comes. Just like that. It's a, it, 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 it's, it's a, what's that word called? Like, mm. <laughs> like, no, anyway, whatever. Like, just. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like I'm just head over heels. I don't know, something like that. All right, let's read James 1. And I'm almost, well, just about done. Almost not. A servant of the Lord of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, getting my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith the trying of your faith works patience, but patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That's what the trying of your faith means. Your wants, Satan comes and says, oh, you really want this, not what God wants for you. Oh, you really, this is better. And you, see, and, and, and you get tested and tried. And he says, And if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask God, for he gives to all men liberally, and upbraided not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. For let no man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. If you want the Lord's plan, you ask in faith. You get it. You do it. He gives it everything to you. You want joy and peace? Ask. Get it. Step in and take it. If you're wavering, see, if you're not in righteousness, you waver automatically because you know you come to God and you know that you're not perfectly doing what He wants. So your heart condemns you. So you don't go boldly to Him and get what you have, what He died for you, what is your inheritance, what everything is. You reluctantly go there and you just say, God, help me or please. And he's like, I'm not, you get nothing. He doesn't, he's not for the wavering, the double-mindedness things. Watch this. And then it goes on to say, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But let the rich that he is made low, because the flower of the grass shall pass away, for the sun is sooner risen in the burning heat. But the, and withered the grass, and the flower there falleth, and the, and the grace of the fashion of it perish. So also shall the, shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, 
which the Lord has promised them that love Him. And remember, what does the Bible say about loving God? People say, I love God because I have a bumper sticker and a cross around my neck. I, I love God. Look, I have all these Christian t-shirts. I love God because I go to church every Sunday. That's not what the Bible says. He says, if you love me, you obey me and you keep my commandments. So the promise is for those who love Him, obey Him, and keep His commandments. And what does He say? You will have eternal life and joy. He shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love Him. See, the problem in the church too is this big false definition of love. They love in their own terms, their own definition, on the worldly definitions of love. But God, is, when He says about loving Him, it's loving Him in the pages here. It's loving Him how the Word of God says to love Him, not what we make up. Because when we make up our own love, and we make up our own love rules, and what love looks like, see, His love, his love was unconditional. See, so our love to Him is, I, I obey your, your, your Word unconditionally. And that's how I show you you love me. Because you really can't kiss Him because He's not there, you know. You really can't hug Him so how do you hug Him and kiss Him? Is by obeying Him. By walking in the Spirit. By staying connected with Him shows Him that you love Him. It isn't, you know, I'm going to go feed five orphans today and I love God. Because the Bible says that even the heathen do those types of things. He said if you give all your stuff to the poor and, and, and you, you give your body even to be burned and you have not love, because you can do all those things and not be in obedience with Him. You can do all those things and be your own your own religion, your own God in the name of Jesus, but you never do what He tells you to do. And it's like dead works because there's no power. There's no, and people want to do that, but there's a will of God. There's a way of God. There's, a, there's His will and way for our life. There's no other way. And in that is peace. So He says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive, not might, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised them that love Him. Let no man say he is tempted. I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man when he is tempted, when he is drawn away with his own lust and enticed, his own desires. We have to, if we have our own desires and they come against God's desires, it's, it's not good. It's, you're deceiving yourself. Because he says that he'll put his desires in our hearts. And his way are higher than our ways. He knows what's best for us. His plan is joy, peace, and righteousness and eternal life for everyone. That, that his plan is for none to perish and all be with him. So if you don't trust him and follow him into that place, then you don't really trust him. You're saying you trust him because you read it and you're supposed to, but... When you actually do it, it's being a doer of the word. It shows you trust Him. It's almost the same as that other thing where they preach about um, love. And if you say you love someone and they ask for something and you don't give them it, that you don't love them. You're just saying, I love you. I pray for you. And then you say that, but you don't really have it in your heart to do it. Or you don't give that person what they need. That's not love. And faith without works is dead. So that's what he's saying right here. If you have your own desires 
and then and and unless and enticed, because then Satan gets a foothold. Satan gets in to 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 feed that thing. That's how people end up in prison. That's how people end up, you know, scamming old ladies out of money and bank fraud because of the lust of their. The consequences. It's all about them. But in the kingdom of God, it's no longer about us. It's no longer us that live, but Christ that live. And then Jesus said, what I'm doing, you have to do. Pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. I mean, it's a simple gospel. It's not the gospel only of Jesus dying on the cross. It's the gospel of being a disciple. He did not say, go make converts. Shane, go out and make converts. Get someone, everyone is, I can get the whole world to say a prayer if they didn't have to follow him or the word. The whole world to say a prayer. There's no strings attached. I don't have to go all in. There's no covenant. Say a prayer and I'm going, you know, to in, into this beautiful place. Even unbelievers will do that. Everybody wants to, you know, just say a prayer. Oh, Jesus, I love you. I follow you. You're the God for me. And I go live for myself. It's not that. That's what people make it. It's not that. Every, here it is. And, but every man when he's tempted is drawn away with his own lust and size. Then, when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. So when that lust, and you actually do it, when you actually, you know, you know, do that thing, move somewhere, um, go there, quit the job when you know, or do things, that's sin, because you knew not to do that. You see what I'm saying? It's like, or you go, you know, God tells you to do something, and then you, you, but lust tells you, no, I want to do this. So when you do that, when you know what God's told you to do, it's sin. And the, the thing is, we, don't, the, we need to stop even harboring or meditating or, or giving place to, the, to what could become sin in our life. It's a waste of time, and it puts you under witchcraft. It puts Satan right there to keep tempting you. If, if Jesus said, oh, Peter... I understand your heart. He didn't. He shut it out real quick. Because he didn't want those seeds, Peter said. Because really deep down, everybody wants to, nobody wants to be beaten and put on a cross and bleed to death and be shamed and persecuted. But Jesus had to do that. So if he, you know, if he started to listen to Peter, then he could end up He'd be in that place and enticed. And, you know, I'm not saying lust is sin, but it's not sin yet until you actually do it. So Jesus didn't want that type of lust coming into his spirit and his body where it would mess him up to start thinking against God's will for his life. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying Jesus lusted. I'm saying it says here, it's the only sin after lust has birthed the thing that it wanted to do. Jesus did in lust. And he finished, and then it says, and he had conceived it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brother. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above. Comes down from the Father of lights, which whom is no variable, neither shadow of turning. No shadow of turning. It's like one way. There's no other direction. Of whom his own will be God of his, the word of truth that we should be the, be the kind of first fruits of his creature. Wherefore, my beloved, pray, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. 
for the anger of of man work the uh, says the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive the meekness of what? Of the engrafted word, of the word of God, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. See, it's different hearing it and doing it. You, you got to hear it first, and then you do it. So when you heard what God wants, you got to do it. You hear the word, and you're all thinking just the, the dead letter, the pages. No. If you heard his word, you do it. And you trust him. And you get joy and peace. And then if he, he's looking out for your life. He's looking out for your best thing. He's looking out for your promotion. He's looking out for increase in your life. He will bring you to that place. But, if you, but if, when you don't do that, you, you're saying, God, I don't trust you. I trust my ways and I want my lusts, my desires, and my hopes and my dreams to override yours. That's exalting yourself above the Word of God. And you're looking up thinking about the Scriptures right now. But He said He said to you what to do. You know what to do. And the thing is, when we're doing what we're really... thats the, If you really go back and look, when you're doing exactly everything God wants you to do, there's, there's no other... There's, you're not you know, dabbling in sin. You're not... Um, you know, know that you should be doing this, it's, and you're, you're doing, you know, your whole heart with God. There's no other place like that. It's serenity. It's peace. It's joy. It's, it's, and and there's no. Well, am I saved? Am I going to go to hell? Am I doing? There's nothing there. When you're right in the perfect will of God, it's like hidden in the cleft of the rock. It's hiding under the shadow. Satan's not allowed to even go near you. Do you see that? We walk to Satan. Because this is the thing. We, Satan was in the garden. But when Adam and Eve fell, Satan was out in the world. So basically, God allowed Satan to go into the garden to deceive them. But now, Satan's not allowed in the garden anymore. Because the garden is our safe place with Jesus. He came to restore us back to that relationship that Adam and Eve had with God. So now, in that place, now, we go into that place, but then we go back into the world and do our things. But see, that place is not like a place in the world. It's inside of us. So when we're doing all the right things and doing, even though we're in the world, we're in, in the promised land. Joy, peace, and righteousness, and, 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 and we're doing. So the thermometer of disobedience is, is that. If we're, if we're feeling um, not righteous, or we're feeling um, that, you know, no peace, and we know there's something that God's trying to tell us. There's something that we're doing or thinking that's not lined up with His Word. So we need to seek Him and get our heart clean. That's why we go boldly to the throne and find it. But when we fight what He wants, you can never be in that place. You need to be a doer of the Word. If any man be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding a natural, his, his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way. 
and straightway forget what manner of man he was. Forgetting every... When we start to do it, we forget who we are. We're, we're kings and priests. We have an identity. We're hidden in Christ. We have power. We have authority over the devil. We forget, and we forget what God told us to do. What is the vision? What's the direction? Without vision, you perish. And if you replace the visions that God has put on your heart with your own visions... That's, you're dividing yourself away from God. It's, 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 it's what, what is that called? Divination. And that's what it ends up doing. Satan comes with divination. That's why you don't go, go, go tell a fortune teller what to do with your life. The Word of God tells us what to do with our life. And then the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. So if you go, look, go, go across the street and get your palm read, you're in divination because that, that woman is not connected to God. You are. If you're born again, you go connect someone that's connected to the world and the devil, you're going to be deceived. And sometimes we connect our own selves to the devil because we want what he's telling us to do. And that's why that is so intriguing. You know, what is my future? Am I going to have a lot of money? Am I going to have the... We, our future's amazing in the kingdom of God. Whether we live or die, we're with Christ Jesus. Whether we, we're bond or free, we're with Christ Jesus. We have eternal life. We're going to live forever. There's, we, we know all that. There's nothing more we need to seek but Him. And He, he says that I, His plans are to prosper you. So if you're in the kingdom of God, you know you're prosperous. And if you're not, then something's going on. Then you need to get into step with what He's doing. And He is doing that. And I'm not saying everybody is as witty and smart as some people and educated. There's going to be different levels. But to some person, put it this way, whatever level you start with God, He's going to increase it. If you got things going on in your mind and you got things in your body, He'll heal you and move you on. Speaking about these little things like ADHD and bipolar and different things, the mind of Christ will get rid of all that stuff. The peace of God will take the devil away. Whatever generational curse, Jesus broke it on the cross. So His plans are to prosper us, but we have to plan our life with Him. Apart from Him, we don't prosper. You might have a false prosperity, from the devil, but in the end, it brings forth death. So, he said, Be not, and this man shall be blessed in his seed. Any man among you seem to be religious and bridled not his tongue, he deceives his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God is, is to visit the orphan and the widows and their, in their affliction and keep. So, in other words, it's, don't be about yourself and keep. Yourself unspotted from the world. Don't be about yourself and don't entangle yourself with the things of the world. Now let's jump to James, James chapter 4. From whence are wars, fightings among you? Come they, they not even of the lust that war in your members? You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have. You cannot obtain. You fight and war and you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. You that you ask amiss that you may consume upon your own lust. There it is again. We ask, we pray to God things that are against what He wants in our life. And then we ask for things. And it's like, God, give me a new job. He said, I got you that job. God, give me a new house. He said, I gave you that house. God, give me a new car. He's like, I gave you that car. And they're like, God, I don't like my car. Well, when you begin to enjoy, he just, he'll, he'll, what he'll do? In your heart, 
time for new he'll, he'll put the desire and he'll you already don't even have to ask you get it it's an automatic thing it's like we ask things what, what God wants us to ask Lord what is your will right now God Increase my life so I can do this and put out. I'm going to do this and I'm going to give this and I'm going to give even more money to the kingdom. And then all of a sudden what happens? Because you're asking from his perspective for what his dreams and visions are for your life. Then all of a sudden you start to get what you ask for because you don't ask amiss on your own lust. You ask upon his word and his kingdom. It's a whole different thing. So... You ask and receive not because you ask and and you consume upon your own lust. You adulteresses and adulteresses. Know not the friendship of the world is enemy with God. Whosoever that should be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Do you think the scripture said in vain, the spirit that dwells in us lust and envieth? And, and lust is to envy? Question mark. No, not, not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit. That's the spirit of the age. That's the spirit of, that's our old man. But, he gives more grace, wherefore he said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The key is submitting to God, and the devil will flee. But the thing is, the devil doesn't flee because we're not submitting to God. There's, it's, if you're not submitting to God, it's impossible to resist the devil. Once you submit to God, it's easy to resist the devil. That's the key. Draw near to God, and He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. See, we're drawing near to God with complaining this or that, and we're thinking because we're sitting there morning going that we're drawing near to God. That's not drawing near to God. That's whining and complaining. Drawing near to God is obeying Him and moving towards Him. Like today, this last week, I said, Marlene, make this poster for me. God spoke this to me. If you seek His hand... You'll get nothing. You seek His face, you get everything. Very simple. Seek God's face, every, you get everything. And on top of that, the cherry on top is joy and peace. He says, Draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy and, and your joy to heaviness. What he's saying there, if you got all these false things going on and you're deceived, you better start getting, you know, what do they do? They put on sackcloth and ashes and they were repenting. What he's saying, you better repent because if you're out of the will of God and doing all that and you think you're okay, you're deceived. Watch this. Because you draw near to God and He draws near to cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. Right there, you double-minded. So one mind is on God and the other mind is on our own kingdom. Well, see, it's like this. Back and forth. Okay, today I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do the Word. And tomorrow I'm like, eh, I'm not doing it. I'm going to live for the world. I'm going to do the world thing. I want to do my own thing. And it's like back and forth. Once you're right here, Single-minded, the Bible says in your eyes single, your whole body's full of light. On Jesus, the Word in Him, everything is there. When we don't trust God, when we don't believe it, when we live in condemnation, when we, when we keep bringing up the past, failures in our own situations in our life, we put torment on ourselves because we don't forgive ourselves. Then we bring up all this bad stuff and we meditate 
on all the things that Jesus cleaned with His blood. And what does that do? That gives, makes us feel unworthy. And we're all unworthy. He made us worthy though. So we go in His worthiness to Him and trust Him. And we don't, want, we don't trust our own way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him in all your ways and He will direct your path. The thing is, we go to church, we think we're, we're, we go to church and we say we're trusting Him and, and, and thinking that and then directing our path, but then we want to do our own path. That's what's going on in Christianity and that's why people are being deceived in these mega, mega movements. Be afflicted and warm and weeping. Humble yourselves in the sight of God and He shall lift you up. Speak no evil one of another, brother. Now he that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. If any man judge the law, and thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Therefore the lawgiver is able to destroy and to save. Who art thou to judge another? Go now, yea, that say today and tomorrow, and I will go into such a city and continue there, there a year and buy and sell and get gain, where you know not what shall be on tomorrow. For what is your life? It's a vapor. He that appear, that appeareth for a little time and vanishes away. For that ought to say, see here it is. The key, look. This is what he's saying. Over here, Christian. Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to live in this city for a year. Then we're going to move here. And then, you know, I'm going to work in this place for three months. And then it gets, the season gets slow. So I'm going to go, you know, start cleaning houses in the season. And then when the summer comes, I'm going to go back to the yard work and, you know, plan it all. But I'm going to go to church, pay my tithe. And he's saying, that's not how we live as Christians. It's not how we do it. And religious people do that because they're religious. But there's no relationship. God has the best job. He has the perfect divine appointments for us. He does tell us what to do. And when we're doing that, there's a peace and joy there. So, he goes on to say this. For what you ought to say, if the Lord will. So he's saying, if the Lord will. We shall live and do this or that. The Lord's will is the key to life. The Lord's will is the key to, to happiness and joy. But now rejoice in your boastings and such. Therefore, to him that knows to do good, well, basically what he's saying, to him that knows, see, these King James or whatever, but, and doeth it not, to him it's sin. Well, what, what really is saying, to him that knows what God wants him to do and doesn't do it, that's sin. That's basically what he's saying. Do a good. God is good. Because he just said before that where to eat, buy and gain and this and that. If the Lord wills. So he's not saying if you do good. Yeah, we do good. No, because he's directing right before that. You've got to look at the passage before what he's speaking about. So he's saying if you know what to do, because God said the good and perfect acceptable will of God is the will of God. It's good. It's perfect. And it's the only thing acceptable. And it's the will of God. People say, well, there's three different wills. No, God doesn't say you can do half you want and a little bit. That's another, do another religious person's false interpretation. It's good, perfect, and only acceptable will of God is the will of God for His Son. Jesus didn't say, well, you know what? I'm going to go on the cross next month. I just don't feel like it this month. 
And like the whole calendar thing would be messed up. The whole Passover thing. The whole timing of the whole world would be messed up. And, and thank, thank God that, you know, we don't have that much um, riding on our obedience right now because we'd mess it up, wouldn't we? But God wants us to get to be like His Son, to obey Him because He, has, he wants to show His glory. He wants to save nations. He wants to raise us up. He wants to speak utterance, sisters. He wants to see you heal, open blind eyes and for Him to get all the glory. But you're, you know, if you're, okay, you're supposed to go to, that's why it's taken so long for me to agree to go to Pakistan. For Because I want to hear from him. I don't just want to go because, you know, it's going to be a huge crusade and, and you know, plus it's dangerous. You know, you can end up hurt if you go in your own timing or will. And, you know, and this and go here or go to this nation. You got to have that, that knowing what to do. Because if you now, because that's all good stuff. But what does he say? To knoweth what to do. But I say, you know, God said, don't go, and then you do go. That's sin, even if it's good. <clears throat> Last scripture, and we're going to close. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brother, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And I think I told, I think it was Elaine a long time ago. There's no retirement in the kingdom of God. Retirement was sent for the world. So we, what were we saying? I'm a, uh, I have a retirement. Um, um, so, I'm say, I'm, so what you're saying is, I'm going to be separated from my, my husband. Retirement is a separation. So you retire from your work means you rest. We're already retired from the work in the kingdom of God. Jesus is our rest. So when it comes to retirement, retirement happens in the kingdom of God when we're doing His will. Because there's no like, okay, that's how the world, like, okay, I went to school, I'm in a seminary, I have a plaque, and I have my degree, and now I'm getting old, and someone else is going to, you know, Elijah was done with his ministry, Paul was done, that's fine. But when Paul was done with his ministry, when was that? When he died. <laughs> and he knew when he was about to die. There's no like, doing church, I'm going to be a priest till I know I'm a This thing's going to... I will be here whether I'm up here every week or not, or I'll be in the corner, but I'll be doing God's will wherever around this vision till I die. It's not something I'm going to say, here, give it off. <clears throat> when I die, it'll, someone else will take, take the, that place. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, that's good. The sun's out of my eyes. <clears throat> that place, right? Y'all, that's what I got it. Now I know how to check on you guys. <laughs> on the look at your face. Actually, it helps not looking at all the. No, right? So it's like, yeah, I might not be preaching and going to nations every single month of that, but I'm doing something. <clears throat> it's not now. I'm not going to do anything anymore, cause you know I've done enough. The end part is total death to self and your will. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as we know that the, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So, Father, I pray that we all understand that we get that down in our spirit, God, that the grass is not greener, that we can get our grass green right where we are. All we got to do is get some miracle Grow, get some fertilizer, get some water, get some tender, loving care, 
get rid of all, pull all the dead stuff out and start fertilizing. We got beautiful green grass right in our lawn. We don't have to go move to the city where the, where the environment seems to be and the weather seems to be better because you have given us the resources. You have given us the, the, the things to be able to have a beautiful lawn. And so, Father, we ask you to help us, equip us, strengthen us to do your will, to live what you want to, and not to have any reservations anymore, that we'll be all in, knowing that we have the winning hand, that we have the, we have the victory in Christ. No matter what present sufferings we may be going through, it's not going to be compared to the glory that shall be it's not even if what he's saying is the glory is going to be so much you'd go you get 10 times more suffering if you knew uh, if you had to trade it in for what glory the glory that is is promised to us that love him so father i need someone to to keep me in line i need someone to keep me uh you know in check someone to 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 look over you know the doctrine the words the 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 the, the thoughts of the hidden things of of the heart that that can burst sin if, if, if they don't get removed, Father. So, Father, we ask you, in the mighty name of Jesus, to remove everything, every seed of doubt, unbelief, and antitrust out of our life, God, that we will trust you, that we hear you, that we are your sheep, we hear your voice, and the voice of a stranger we will not follow. In our own voice we will not follow. In our own lust and our own desires we will not follow. Because we know that our joy and peace and righteousness is only in you. And in you is the will of God. So we praise your holy name and we thank you. And we ask you this day, everybody stand up. And we ask you this day to help us to be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable. And shake everything that can be shaken. That the only thing that remains is your will. The only thing that remains is your way. The only thing that remains is your word. The only thing that remains is your hand upon our life guiding us into all truth. Holy Spirit, that is your job, your way, and, your, and, and what you do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and thank you, God, that you're, you are the author and finisher of our faith. Don't stop writing it out. In Jesus' name, amen.